Good morning. Welcome to the Cape League Roundup. Good morning, everybody. This is episode two of the Cape League Roundup. I'm Chris Lynch. It was supposed to be a very busy day with five games on the schedule at the start of play, and we ended up with just one baseball game being played on Cape Cod, the only game that got off the ground and was completed. Nine innings was played between the Wareham Gatemen and the Chatham Anglers at Veterans Field in the heart of Chatham yesterday. Uh, everything else got postponed, or actually actually for this season, not postponed, got canceled. Harwich Ketuit, Orleans Brewster, Hyannis Bourne, and Y.D. Falmouth all got canceled due to the concerns about the tropical storm Elsa, which was a kind of weird situation because for the early part of the day it was very windy and very uh, blustery and there was rain that came down, but by the time that we got to six or seven, it was spectacular and sunny and a uh, great sunset at our spot where we live. So uh, it was an interesting way that the day itself worked out, and Chatham and Wareham lucked out and that they actually got to play, and they had the benefit of they're far enough east that the storm had blown through fully and also, it was late enough on in the day that uh, they were able to get the field in good enough condition. So I'll reserve judgment about uh, getting the fields, the various fields, ready to go. And uh, just presume that Wareham and Chatham had the uh, good fortune of conditions that not everyone else got to have. So this is going to be a very brief wrap-up, very brief morning podcast, because there's just one game to talk about, and, um, okay, so the one game that was played was the, as stated earlier, was the Wareham versus Chatham game, it ended in a 4-4 to tie, Wareham ends up at 5-6-4 and on the season, Chatham ends up at 5-8-3, and after the game that was played. And it's one of the strangest line scores I think I've ever seen. Uh, Chatham hung four runs up on the board, and they had one hit. Yeah, they got had four runs, they got one hit, and the one hit was a third-inning grand slam hit by Lyle Miller-Green, their first baseman from, he's listed from George Mason, but I've been told by their broadcast team that it's actually Chipola College, so uh, I trust what their broadcast team has been telling me. Um, So, yeah, that was the only hit that they had for the entire game. That came in the third inning, and this is after... The Gateman got two across. They ended up, uh, Jim Jarvis to bring home a run. Tres Gonzalez scored a run. And Cade Fergus scored a run on an Owen Diodati single. So he continues to have an excellent offensive season. Does the Gateman's star player from Alabama. But 
yeah, the only hit that Chatham got, they loaded the bases in the third inning. And this is this is a weird sequence. So here's the way the third inning worked out. Walk to Andrew Benefield, strikeout of Dominic Thomas. Danny Ceretti came up and reached on an error. Next guy, Matt Garcia, reaches on a walk. They swap pitchers. Caden Trankel is out on strikeouts. And then Lyle Miller-Green gets a hold of one and sends it over the wall for a home run. That is the only hit that the anglers get all game. And it drives in four runs. Dude, baseball's weird for how this sort of stuff can work itself out. They led 4-2 after the third, and three of those runs credited to Noble, the starting pitcher, Jack Noble from Long Beach State. The last of those runs credited to the uh, relief pitcher who came on and faced Lyle Miller Green. It's Cole Simus out of San Diego State. Uh, the rest of the bullpen namely uh, the next guy who came in, Garrett Schmeltz, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, from Louisville, had a remarkable performance after that. He threw three and two-thirds innings. He didn't give up a hit or a run. He walked one. He faced 12 batters, and he struck out eight of them. And This is his second performance that he's had so far on the season. Uh, second time he's pitched in the Cape this season from Louisville. And uh, his first time was on the 6th of July at Katuit. And he was really good in that game, too. Actually got the win in two innings, one hit, one run. Didn't walk anybody, faced seven batters, and struck out four. So as of yet, he has faced a grand total of 19 batters and has struck out 12 of them. Had Wareham ended up getting the victory in this game, you absolutely would give the win to Schmelz. But, of course, they did not end up getting the victory. They were only able to muster up two more runs. They both crossed in the fifth inning. And the way they did it, well, kind of interesting. Cade Fergus, leadoff triple in the fifth. Tommy Troy, triple in the fifth immediately after to bring home one run. And then Jim Jarvis ground out to first base to bring home Tommy Troy. So that's how that ends up working itself out. Uh, Cade Fergus ended up with two hits and two runs scored. The uh, outfielder from George Washington University. And uh, Tommy Troy played second base from Stanford, and then Chatham able to slam the door. Those last two runs credited against Cy Nielsen from Brigham Young University. They then bring in one pitcher, Adam Scoggins from Oral Roberts, to slam the door, and he has a great performance. Three innings, faces nine batters, and strikes out seven of them. He's just dominant. So... That's how that game ends up. We have runs that cross the plate in the third. Six of them, actually. We have two more that cross in the fifth. Both of them cross for the Gatemen. And uh, that is 
all the runs that cross and the offenses for both sides are held completely in check the rest of the way. And we end up in a 4-4 tie, which it doesn't really help anyone in this case. So uh, it just removes values from the loss column because with an uneven number of games this season, Chatham ends up uh, still sitting in last place in the East. 5-8-3, they are two, they're one game in the win column, but two games in the loss column behind Harwich for fourth. Brewster, Orleans, and YD, all with seven wins. At the top, of course, not none of those three teams ended up playing. Wareham is in second place in points at 5-6-4, but uh, they are actually there. So they have 14 points on the season, and were we in a normal season, uh, Wareham would be going on to the playoffs, but Ketuit is 7-7. Seven and seven. They have the same number of points and one fewer loss. So I believe that Ketuit would end up going on just because they Ketuit doesn't have a tie yet on the season, and they have a better winning percentage at this point, which is to say they don't have a losing record. So, um, yeah, the way that this is kind of working itself out is a bit weird on the season because the league is not making up any games that are canceled due to inclement weather or anything like that. So there's going to be an uneven number of games played on the season. So the YD Red Sox have played 15 games this season. Seven wins, four losses, and four ties. Brewster and Orleans have both played one fewer game than YD has. Uh, again, 7-4-4 four, and four are YD. That is a grand total of 15 games to this point. When I'm recording this on the morning of the 10th of July. Uh, Brewster and Orleans have 14 games played each, as does Harwich. Chatham actually has more than anyone else in the East. They have played 16 games. Bourne has played 14. Wareham has played 15. Katuit has played 14. Falmouth has played 14. And Hyannis has played 14. It's an uneven number of games, and so the tiebreaker ultimately does have to end up being winning percentage if the league has just decided that they are not going to end up making up any of the games that get canceled throughout the course of the season. So, um, yeah, this is kind of a weird way to go, but that's what we've got this season. And uh, we're going to have a full slate of games. There's no storm that is coming through today. Thank God uh, that that happened yesterday. So we will have a full and complete slate of games going on for the entire league. And here is the series of matchups in chronological order. 5 p.m. is first pitch for the first game between Brewster and Ketuit. This is going to be at Lowell Park. Uh, the only thing I know for the probables is that Harrison Rutkowski is going to start for Brewster. I don't have a probable pitcher for Kotuit as of yet, 
but that is that matchup. So Harwich is hosting the second game of the day. They're going to send Andrew Mossiello to the mound, their starter from Oregon, from the Ducks. Uh, they will be going up against Chatham, and Adam Tullock is going to see the Hill, the starter from West Virginia, who's already gotten into three games and has thrown 11 innings and has struck out 16 with two walks. The problem is that he hasn't gotten much offensive help at all, so he's going to hope that he gets his first win on the season. And Chad, I'm hoping to turn their season around a bit because, again, they're in last place in the East, but they're not that far behind. Uh, Harwich hovering right about at the 500 mark. They're behind the three seven-win teams in the East. Uh, over at McKeon Park, Hyannis hoping to get themselves going in any way they possibly can. They get Wareham. I don't have probable pitchers for either of those teams. Bourne gets to host YD. This is actually a matchup of the two first-place teams. First place in the East, YD. First place in the West and first place in the league overall, Bourne. That's probably the game of the day. 6 p.m. is first pitch. I don't have a probable starting pitcher for YD. I do have a probable starter for Bourne. It's Austin Parsley from North Carolina Greensboro who's had a great season so far. He's 2-0 in three games. This is actually going to be his first start of the season. He got wins. Actually, both of his wins came against Brewster through three innings in a 9-1 victory at Stony Brook. He faced 11 batters, struck out six, gave up two hits, didn't give up a run. He ran his, into some trouble against Wareham through two and a third, gave up three runs in that game. Gave up six hits and struck out three. He then pitched four innings against Brewster on July 1st in a game that was only seven innings long. Went four innings, gave up just two hits, struck out five after facing 14 batters. He struck out 14 guys across his three appearances from North Carolina Greensboro. So this is going to be his first start of the season, and Having gotten to see him, YD is going to be in for a real challenge, so that should be a fun matchup. And the latest game in the day is Falmouth taking a trip to Orleans. That is distance-wise, I believe, the furthest distance from any one school to another. So to get from Eldridge Park in Orleans to Gov Fuller Field is 41 miles, 55 minutes driving that would take you uh, down Route 28, connect you on to 6, and then uh, would send you down to uh, down to Gov, which the Cape is actually in a really fortunate position of all the teams are pretty close together. I've actually heard some speculation about why there is a team in the NECBL in Martha's Vineyard, why that Martha's Vineyard team doesn't play in the Cape League. Well, part of it is because traveling between the Cape and uh, well, traveling for within the NECBL going to Martha's Vineyard is a bit of a nightmare, and trying to uh, organize that on Cape would also be kind of a challenge, and I don't think there is really an appetite that exists for it. So, uh, sorry, Martha's Vineyard. Anyway, so that is the slate of matchups. Again, Brewster at Katuit, Chatham at Harwich, Wareham at Hyannis, 
YD at Bourne, and Falmouth at Orleans. The probables in the Falmouth-Orleans matchup, Mason Pelio from Boston College is going to get the starter. He's from Candia, New Hampshire. Uh, he's actually 0-2. He's had kind of a tough time through his first couple of performances. This is going to be his fourth game, his third start, and he's hoping to get himself going. He had a okay outing his last time out. He just ran into a couple of tough innings on Independence Day against Gatuit. Four innings, four runs, all earned six hits, two walks, two Ks. Just ran into a couple of uh, uh, tough innings and had a really hard go of it against Harwich in a high-scoring game on the 26th. Two innings, four hits, three earned, three uh, hits given up, six walks, three strikeouts. So he's hoping to get himself on a good stretch. Patrick Riley is the probable for the Orleans Firebirds. He's from Vanderbilt and is going to be making his pitching debut here on Cape Cod for the season. So uh, we'll see what they're able to do. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this morning's edition of the Cape League Roundup. You can listen to us on Spotify, on Anchor, and we're getting ourselves onto more of the podcast platforms. So thank you for tuning in and for listening and for enjoying the look around in the Cape Cod Baseball League. Have a good day, everybody.